Hello, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. My guest today is the great Clay Clark. He is a business coach extraordinaire. He is, of course, also the host of the Reawaken America Tour, which I recently spoke at. And if you missed it, you can see it. It is posted up now. Um, and uh, he is really trying to sound the alarm on what's going on with these CBDCs because it looks like they are really trying to push us into the digital gulag. And people seem to not be you know, aware of it and just letting it happen. So we're going to talk about what's going on with that and how we can stop it. Can we, at least in America, can we stay out of the digital gulag? I really hope so. so as always, it's such a pleasure to see you, Clay. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. And this is James here. Uh, I met James at the Reawaken America Tour in uh, Pennsylvania. And uh, he's indicative of why we do these events. You know, you pick up wonderful uh, patriots along the way. And if anybody is requesting those final tickets for the Reawaken America Tour uh, to Larry, California, uh, December 15th and 16th, you can get those at time to free America. Dot com. You can currently use U.S. currency because the dollar hasn't collapsed yet. Uh, but, you know, you never know. Yeah, let, let's hope that that doesn't happen just yet. Let's, let's hope maybe we can stop that from happening. Um, but yeah, I will be there in Tulare. Super exciting. And uh, yeah, definitely. I hope everybody goes and gets their tickets. It's a super good time. And you learn so much stuff. You meet great people. I thought we would start by showing a little clip from my senator, which, you know, it's just kind of interesting because if I think three years ago, you would never have heard anybody saying these sort of things, certainly not uh, in the Senate. So it was pretty interesting. And since we're in the business of issuing subpoenas now, here are a few more that I filed. A subpoena to Jeffrey Epstein's estate to provide the flight logs for his private plane, given the numerous allegations of human trafficking and a sexual abuse surrounding Mr. Epstein, I think it is very important that we identify everybody that was on that plane and how many trips they took on that plane and the destinations to which they arrived. I've also filed a subpoena authorizing Secretary Becerra to come before this committee and explain to us how HHS and the Office of Refugee Resettlement has lost track of 85,000 children. In addition, I filed a subpoena to compel the Biden DOJ to provide all documentation about their disastrous decision to terminate the successful China initiative. That was a program that was critical to targeting and prosecuting Chinese spies in America. Next, we've got to get to the bottom of the far left's effort to take down President Trump. That's why I've filed a subpoena for all documents relating to any political donations and participation by special counsel Robert Mueller's staff. And let's talk about the two tiers of justice that we're all seeing in the Biden administration. This administration loves to talk about misinformation, but they clearly have the goal of censoring conservative speech online. In the latest example of this, DOJ, on behalf of the FTC, filed a privacy and securities practices suit against Twitter. So I think we need to get to the bottom of 
President Biden's efforts to silence Elon Musk. That's why I filed a subpoena to compel DOJ and the FTC to provide all documents related to the investigation of Elon Musk. So, Mr. Chairman, I think there are real issues that we should be talking about, social media and the way it's destroying our kids' lives. Wall Street Journal has an article in on this today. Our southern border is wide open. It is a vulnerability. The president's administration has lost track of 85,000 children. The world is on fire. But what you have chosen to do is to launch an assault on the legitimacy of the Supreme Court. If you want to take up our time and go there, Mr. Chairman, we can all go there. I think this is a sad day for this committee and for the confidence that the American people would like to have in our institution and in this prestigious committee. So, yeah, so I was curious what your thoughts are, were on that. And then I also saw these two articles that I had showed you before. I don't know if you can find them, but uh, with well, uh, J.P. Morgan. And uh, I thought that well, was interesting. What I can say about this is, you know, it, uh, Jeffrey Epstein uh, was the world's most prolific pedophile. Uh, James, did you know who, did you know who Jeffster, Jeffrey Epstein was? I did. I did. I knew he was trafficking kids. You know, he's he's part of the whole deep state criminal syndicate, which are all nefarious forces working to destroy our country. They blackmail, they coerce, and they control politicians and business people all over the world. You, so you knew about him before the tour. I did. Okay. And a lot of people, I mean, I think most people know the name Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, and then Jeffrey Epstein, the world's most prolific pedophile, he had a temple on his island to pray to... Satan. Uh, that's why Jeffrey Epstein at a temple on his island was to pray to Satan. And Jeffrey Epstein is the one funding uh, the MIT lab that uh, gave birth to the central bank digital currency technology. That's the, so if you just do a Google search for MIT CBDC, you can find it. Do a search for uh, MIT Gates, Epstein, MIT Bill Gates, Jeffrey Epstein. You'll see that the world's most prolific pedophile teamed up with Bill Gates, who has a satanic spiritual advisor, Marina Abramovich, to fund MIT. And you'll find that Jeffrey Epstein, that lab he funded at MIT, they're the ones rolling out the quant dot network, which is the a quantum dot. It's a quantum dot that stores your medical and financial records under your skin. So I think that it's ridiculous that anybody would block uh, the exposing of Jeffrey Epstein. But I, it makes sense to me why nefarious Luciferians would not want to. <laughs> right. Very well said. You know, what's interesting also about Jeffrey Epstein is that, uh, so, you, you know, uh, Bill Barr, his father was Donald Barr, and uh, he was the headmaster at uh, Dalton, uh, Law, uh, Dalton High School in New York City. And he hired then college uh, dropout, Jeffrey Epstein, a college dropout, to teach math and physics. And then very shortly after, uh, he wrote this book, which I actually have. Um, it, it was not easy to source, but it was a book Donald Barr wrote shortly after. So shortly after he leaves the this Dalton school where he's a teacher, he then goes and starts this, uh, you know, uh, a hedge fund for, for millionaires, you know, right out yeah. of the gate. And then Donald Barr goes and writes this fictional book 
that's all about sex trafficking. Uh, space, space, uh, you know, extraterrestrials are sex trafficking. And the the players seem very, very similar to maybe people like Ghislaine Maxwell and maybe Jeffrey Epstein. It, the characters are just very strikingly resemblant. It's a good book. Do you recommend that book? Can you pull it up again? I mean, is that a book you recommend to your friends and family and say, wow, Donald Barr, this guy, he really is a good writer. I mean, what are your thoughts on um, the book? I think it's really telling. I think that's what I would say. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a decent book. It's not like a, I, I think it was a, a decent read, but it more, more than that, it was very telling. It was like a very, uh, yeah, very indicative of what's going on. Well, I don't <laughs> understand why you and you, James, and me and everybody watching is so hung up on the idea that it's concerning that Bill Barr's father was connected to the world's most prolific pedophile I, I don't understand why you guys would think i don't know i think or you think or we think why does anybody think that being the world's most prolific pedophile would in any way shape or form compromise somebody and make them unqualified to teach school james i mean do you feel like we we are all overacting potentially i i think every american wants to know why because bill barr betrayed president trump so bill barr yeah bill barr baby bill barr not to be confused with augustine carson's two different people <laughs> yeah so i uh yeah i guess i would recommend people read it. it it's not an easy book to find but uh yeah i would recommend just to get kind of a, a you know sense of because they, they they couch it in fiction and oftentimes especially through science fiction i think they reveal quite a bit science fiction throughout history has revealed quite a bit but of course the ties that you bring up with the you know digital currency I think are very, very relevant. And I think that's kind of the reason why they are covering so much for Epstein. I think that's really the big elephant in the room. And of course, with that article with uh, JP Morgan coming up with their JP Morgan coin, um, you know, I think that, that that's really where everything is, is going right now. We're seeing a lot of the smaller banks, right? They add their programmable payments to the JP Morgan coin, which is very, very concerning. Uh, I don't think it's super concerning that we might not be able to buy or sell soon without putting technology under our skin. Mm -hmm. I think it's crazy concerning. Do you, do you agree? It's not (laughs) super concerning, but it's crazy. I don't know if there's any more pressing matter than the collapse of the U S dollar and the introduction of the CBDC clay. Let me hit play here. This is uh, RT news reporting here. Just so people can hear what the Russian Mm -hmm. state media is saying about the collapse of the dollar. Here we go, folks. It's going to blow your mind. Folks, listen to this audio. One second. Here we go. Here we go. Brazil have completed their first bilateral trade using local currency. The move joins a host of other countries moving away from the U.S. dollar in a shift of the global economic balance. According to the Bank of China, the transaction marks a milestone in trade relations between Beijing and Brasilia after a deal was reached in April. The new process of using the Chinese yuan in exchange for the Brazilian real is set to open doors for companies to expand business. Well, we spoke to a pair of guests on the matter who suggest that other nations will continue to move away from the current global reserve currency. This is very promising and it's part of a trend that will, that will continue. The global trading system, um, I think, has to become more independent of uh, U.S. policy. Which, which increasingly the U.S. dollar has become a kind of a, an instrument of, of that policy. The role of the U.S. dollar will continue to, to um, decline. Dollar dominance is 
uh, more and more clear. Now, I, I this is just real. I mean, it's just it just happened last night. Uh, uh, the Dubai, the country of Dubai, said they're not going to be using the U.S. dollar anymore when trading oil. You have Saudi Arabia announced they're going to be exporting oil. So Saudi Arabia is the largest oil exporter on the planet, James, and they're exporting oil now to China, which is the world's largest importer yes and they're doing it no longer using the u.s dollar that's a real thing you got brazil russia india china south africa they're expanding on january 1st mark your calendar folks uh, what a blasty blast through a party de-dollarization day Woo! january 1st that's the day that BRICS is going to expand to the BRICS 11 so that would be like uh, the tipping point day that'd be the day where now you have more oil and gas sold bought and sold not using the U.S. dollar, then using the U.S. dollar. So you're going to see a tipping point in what's called a de-dollarization. And just to be clear, the only reason the U.S. dollar has any value at all is because of what's called the petrodollar, which is a relationship that the United States has with Saudi Arabia, where we say, hey, Saudi Arabia, we'll protect you militarily as long as you guys price your oil in U.S. dollars and you guys export your uh, oil to countries that we like and you price that oil in U.S. dollars. Well, that relationship is gone. So the Saudi Arabian, uh, the petrodollar is now out of gas. So uh, that's not going to be awesome. Uh, should you want to buy or sell anything at all. But if you're out there listening today and you don't buy or sell anything at all and you're able to somehow get this program without paying for the Internet, then really uh, you're good to go. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on the uh, connection to what's going on in the Middle East currently? Uh, well, uh, you have let me pull my pull my notes here real quick. because I don't want to misquote or miss. James, you know this. I'm a prolific note guy. And, and yeah. uh, James, who are we? To try to bamboozle or paraphrase our way through detailed notes when we're on Courtney's show. You know why? Because Courtney's audience won't put up with it. <laughs> right. They're going to go, ah, you're, you're BSing me. You better cite your sources, buddy. And that's that's what their listeners, what her listeners expect. And that's what I expect. So here we go. Uh, yeah. The Bible, which is a controversial book, I do believe it. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 5 through 6 states that uh, Israel will be attacked specifically by biblical Persia, Persia, biblical Ethiopia, biblical Libya, biblical Gomer. That would be modern Turkey, modern Libya, modern Ethiopia, modern Iran. That's happening. Uh, the Bible states, uh, this will be Luke chapter 18, verse 28 through 13, the world will be like as in the days of Lot before the return of Christ. I'm talking about Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, uh, sexual perversion everywhere. Uh, the Bible tells us that Matthew chapter 24, verse 37, it'll be like as in the days of Noah before the return of Christ. And guess what's happening right now? In the Bible, Genesis chapter 6, it tells us that the earth was once filled with perpetual violence and wickedness before the flood. And James, uh, would you... Did you know that the word Hamas means perpetual violence and wickedness? Did you know that? Not until you told me. Okay, so that's what's going on. So the earth is now filled with perpetual violence and wickedness, and this is real. Uh, Amos chapter 1, verse 7 says that before the return of Christ, Gaza has to be destroyed. Zephaniah chapter 2, verse 4 says before the return of Christ, Gaza has to be destroyed. And, and Isaiah chapter 17, verse 1 says that before the return of Christ, Damascus, Syria has to be destroyed. And Damascus, Syria happens to be where the weapons are now being held since China decided to financially and militarily support Palestine starting June of this year. So June of this year, China said uh, the head of China, you know, got on the phone or the maybe, he, I don't know, maybe he sent him a Snapchat. Maybe he sent him a Facebook message. He's like, hey, bro, you want to come out to China? Come bang the gong because it won't be long until we're teaming up with you. And the, the head of Palestine, represented by the back of this Musk poster, he's like, sure, I do want to come out to China. What's going <laughs> on? So they come out to China. So the head of Palestine's going, you're going to protect me militarily? That's great. And then this guy says, we do want to protect you militarily. Next thing you know, the weapons are being shipped into Damascus, Syria. 
Meanwhile, the average American is going, I'm gay, so I support Palestine all the way. <laughs> I'm gay, so I support Palestine all the way. Hey, you know, and the college campus students are going, we're gay, but we support Palestine all the way. And the media is going, oh, no, Israel's bad. Palestine's good. And all of a sudden, that's what's happened. Yeah, that, that was a pretty good summary there. Um, yeah. yeah, it is really, it's kind of interesting because I feel like people just don't understand what what actually you, you say, like, I, I know you said it jokingly, like, I'm gay, so I support Palestine. But the reality is, what would happen to them there? Right? right. I mean. Right, right. <laughs> there was there was like a TikTok video of a, a trans person who uh, held up the Quran and was saying how they finally felt found God and they were so excited about the Quran. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> um, who who wants to be the one to tell them what they do to people like them? Yeah, I I don't know. It was it was very strange. Um, well, I'm actually I'm actually trying to become a a, a a a chant. You know, a lot of times they have these protests, you know, where they say stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like 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 Letitia James will do chants. I'm trying to become a chant writer for the pro gay, uh, pro Palestine people. You know, because they're so dumb, they'll just <laughs> say anything as long as it rhymes. Right. And I feel like I could get them to say crazy it stuff was, and they would do it as long as there's about 400 people saying it while beating a drum as long as it rhymes but that's what i'm saying so <laughs> it's like i'm gay take me to palestine all the way you know what I mean? <laughs> and then, then we're all gonna die today you know and it's like what what are you saying now what are we saying? i mean it's crazy because they have no they no concept of what's that going on video we just put up the clip yeah i mean yeah. that, this is that's the guy i i guess they say guy oh, come on to a girl yeah what? and it was yeah, the whole thing about how he's very, very excited about the Quran. He didn't think he believed in God, but uh, oh. now he does. And so, yeah. Um, but I also found a really interesting video. It was from Nick. Uh, I want to say something with an F, but he was a former Green Beret, and he was talking about yeah. asymmetrical warfare, and it was brilliant. And he talked about how, you know, for those who are not familiar with the what happens with asymmetrical warfare, it's typically when, you know, a a uh, weaker uh, side is trying to is using tactics because they can't fight kinetic they wouldn't win with kinetic warfare and one of the tactics of course is to uh, permeate the uh, universities and the media and to create this kind of uh, alliance and have essentially what we're seeing with all these protests uh, because you appeal no. they killed their own civilians in order to appease to the sympathies of these you know, like the the woke uh, universities. It's, so that's very much what we were seeing. It was a good, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's so, unbelievable. It's, yeah, I, I knew I knew you would see through it. I, I want I want to play this little clip here real quick because Musk, you know, he gets up and does this yeah, New York Times talk about that too. And I just want people to hear this little clip here because this is like to me, James. This is like uh, the highlights of the lowlights. This is like to me the craziest thing I've heard in a while. So this is Elon Musk. Listen to this jackassery. I read the religious texts. Um, I read the philosophy books. Um, that, you know, especially the German philosophy books, made me quite depressed. Frankly, one should not read Schopenhauer and Nietzsche as a teenager. Um, but then I read uh, fifty-four years uh, ago. Provide the insight in the form of humor, 
And the point that uh, Adams was making there was that uh, we don't actually know what questions to ask. Um, that's why I said that, you know, the answer is 42. Like basically oh, it's a giant computer and, and it came up with the answer 42. But then to actually figure out what the question is, that's the actual hard part. In Christian tradition, there's 42 generations from Abraham, Isaac, that we talked about, the story of Isaac, Jacob, eventually Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. Revelation chapter 11, verse 1 through 2. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. And the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. Forty-two is the angle at which light reflects off of water to create a rainbow. Mm. And it's so beautiful because the rainbow is basically the con combination of sort of it's been raining, but there's hope because the sun just came out. And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Revelation chapter 13, verse 4 through 5. And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. Okay, 42 is the number that most theologians agree represents the Antichrist, okay? So Elon Musk is running around talking about this book called Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which says the meaning of life is 42. And 42 is uh, a very a symbolic number uh, for anybody out there that hasn't spent a whole lot of time looking up 42, what it means. Forty. Uh, by the way, uh, the, the word uh, uh, Google uh, translated in, in Hebrew, for anybody that doesn't know that, is 42. So just so we're clear, I mean, I can go on and on and talk about 42. So 42 is like, this is not, not really where we want to be right now. Uh, but also just so we're clear, um, in 66 AD, uh, there was this rebellion uh, against the Romans, the Jewish rebellion against the, the Romans and, uh, Nero didn't like it. So Nero decided, Hey, I'm going to crush the rebellion. And so in what he did is for 42 months, he rained down hell, upon the uh, Christians that were pushing back, the Jewish people that were pushing back, burned people alive, fed them to lions, et cetera. It was a 42-month um, destruction of people. And again, 42 is the, is the meaning of life in the book, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which Musk is quoting. 42 is the number of months. If you ever hear 42, it's supposed to represent, most theologians agree, agree it's supposed to represent the Antichrist. Also, that the interview Musk did with with uh, New York Times took place on November 30th of 2023, and on November 30th of 2020, that's when Manolis Kellis gave his uh, bizarre uh, deep dive on the Lex Friedman show about the power of the number 42. And this guy who gave this talk about the power of 42 on the Lex Friedman show, uh, this guy is the the lead. Uh, man, the lead dude who speaks at the uh, NIH. So he's the guy at the NIH who's pushing this agenda right now uh, to put um, to merge AI with the genomic project. So he's the guy working at NIH right now directly. His actual title at NH NIH is he is the co-lead of the NIH roadmap epigenomics project. And his name is Manalis Kellis, who did his talk there exactly three years before Elon Musk did his talk about the number 42. So 
There's that. So this just in, folks. If you're thinking about putting a, an RNA-modifying nanotechnology and shot inside your cranium, don't do it. If you're thinking about putting a neural link inside your brain, don't do it. If you're thinking about uh, going out there and celebrating Elon Musk, don't do it. You see Elon Musk. You have all know Harari. Klaus Schwab, James, you got this one. And Xi Jinping. There we go. Filling the flow. Working it. These four idiots are all in favor of the mRNA modifying nanotechnology, self-driving cars, universal basic income, carbon footprints, uh, and universal basic income. So there we go. And yeah, yeah. brain to the internet via AI. So not good. In the meaning of life as a 12 year old and wonders, isn't it all pointless? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I really flirted so excited that uh, Elon was uh, telling the marketers to F off and they got so impassioned. Um, you know, and they were all cheering him on. I'm like, yeah, I think you missed the whole point where he, he's basically saying that he wants uh, the transhuman agenda. And right. he is literally the man that is involved in every facet of the fourth industrial revolution. Um, yeah, like 100 um, percent. Right. And then he also he apo- he apologized right for his uh, supposedly anti-Semitic tweet. Uh, but people, I think they just don't understand the, the dialectic that's being played. And right. I encourage everybody to read this book because it outlines it so clearly. This is the Mil- Milner Fabian conspiracy. So people right now, it's very fashionable to jump on the, uh, you know, uh, anti-Zionist bandwagon. And they go through some of that in the first half of the book. However, what people seem to have missed is the second half of this book talks about the Islamification of the West, of Europe, and how it is their intention to use that in order to push forth their internationalist world order. And what does the CBDC do? Uh, It advances the internationalist world order, right? It is the centralized global currency, if you will. And what does that also do? If you look at the UN, they're busy pushing their UN 100, which is imagining the the world in 2045, right? A hundred years centennial. And what are they creating? They're creating an AI world society. So, and where's the hub? The hub is in Ukraine, right? Because- uh, Ukraine! They talk about rebuilding Ukraine. That that's uh so yes, they, they, they love did, to rebuild. You, have you ever post up that Ukraine flag like I stand with Ukraine? Did you ever do that? No, but I did make fun of and argue a lot of people that did. Did you get out are you ever get out there and really get excited about Tesla and Elon Musk? Nah, nah, uh-uh. You ever get fired up about uh, uh, Twitter or X? You ever go, yes, the world's largest defense contractor is sacrificing financially to buy Twitter so he can spy on us. I mean, liberate us. Did you get did you get excited about that? Not once. And you know what? I saw a video of Elon Musk saying that AI is the same thing as summoning Satan. And then the next day he comes out with the whole Neuralik thing. And it's like, yep. you, so what, you want to make satan ai and then right. put the computer chip in your brain and the last thing anyone should ever want in your brain is a satanic ai now i'll say this in closing here if you're out there today and you want to talk to this guy or you want to get tickets to the reawaken america tour uh we only have uh, the, the california events the final confirmed one we have on the books right now and there'll be another one in june that'll probably be it for the reawaken america tour and that's because the vast majority of the key uh speakers that we have uh, i would say eric trump laura trump devin nunez alina haba peter navarro etc these folks these wonderful people they're more than likely going to be serving in the white house in an official capacity should we win and if we don't win we'll probably be uh, not the white house probably 
we in the big house, the gulags. So we're going to the White House or the gulags, and you can name your price uh, simply by going to time to freeamerica.com. It's uh, December 15th and 16th, just under 300 tickets, just under 300 tickets remaining for Tulare, California, December 15th and 16th. That's in California. And if you want to get those tickets, you just go to time to freeamerica.com, time to freeamerica.com. And for everybody looking to uh, carpool, it's a brief uh, 24 hours, uh, just a small brief 24 hour trip from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, that's what we, we will be leaving from on that uh, Monday night before the Reawaken America Tour, December 15th and 16th to Larry, California. A lot of information. Also, if you want to watch the Reawaken America Tour tonight, uh, the documentary uh, featuring General Flynn, uh, uh, Pastor Archer Pulowski, Mike Lindell, so many brave patriots. You can watch that tonight for free at time to free America.com. So, Courtney, thank you so much for letting us be here with you. I really appreciate you. Yeah, likewise. Yes, we're going to be working on uh, his screening for uh, the for General Flynn's movie, and yep. I believe it's in April, April 10. I wanted to, before I let you go, ask you, are you familiar with the DTCC? The DTCC? Yeah, I feel like this I is hate right DTCC. Up- I mean, I don't know about that. I don't know. I, I'm not the DTCC. <laughs> yeah, it's the Depository uh, Trust Clearing Company. Oh, so they uh, is the Depository company and they they merged with the clearing company so now they're depository uh clearing company and they do all of like the the post transactions and they i think it's something like uh, it's something in the quadrillions actually how much they uh oversee let me see if i can find it it's uh 87 trillion no actually when i found it was uh something quadrillion 1.6 quadrillion oh yeah because it was in on the wikipedia uh let me see if i can find this very quickly uh okay yeah um but yeah i'm pretty sure it was in the quadrillion which is crazy uh yeah so it's uh where is this it does say um close yeah in 2011, this is back in 2011, DTCC settled the vast majority of security transactions in the United States and close to 1.7 quadrillion in value worldwide, making it by far the highest financial value processor in the world. So, yeah, they and they they uh, work directly with Seed and Company. And I'm just thinking that, of course, uh, the digital, you know, the C- CBDCs would make things very profitable for them. So it, they, well, it was, mm-hmm. I'm going to go staple my head to the carpet to uh, alleviate <laughs> the pain there. I appreciate you very, very much. Uh, you, you are awesome. And I appreciate you letting us come on here and, and discuss these things. It's just mind boggling times we live in. Yeah, it is indeed. And I appreciate you as well. And I will see you in December. And so lovely to meet you, James. Nice so, to meet thank you, too, you. Corey. Thanks for having me. Take care, chief. Bye-bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.